everybody. It's Dawn. And Dylan. <laughs> and this is your hit it and quit it. Mm. <laughs> Damn. Oops. It kind of tasted like cashews. Oh. I should have said that tasted like nuts. Tasted but... like nuts. Yeah, yeah. Probably better. Damn. Yeah. Speaking of which. I picked out all the cashews. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'm going to have to eat these damn walnuts. I know. Walnuts are the worst. Walnuts in the wall are called walnuts, but what do you call wall... Wait a minute. What do you call nuts on a chin? Blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> I delivered that really horribly, but yeah. Because most people would think like, oh, chin nuts. No, no. it's called a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, welcome to our episode. Yes. <laughs> Hello, listeners. That's my last nut. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there's this big controversy going on right now around FetLife. Okay. You want me to tell you? Yeah. Okay. So FetLife's like kind of awesome in a lot of ways, but kind of super horrible in a mm-hmm. lot of other ways. It's not well funded. The website's got tons of issues. Which reminds me, somebody on FetLife wanted to friend me, and like, I'm not ignoring you. It's just been a while since I've got on FetLife. So if you're a listener of the show and that's how you found me, then I apologize. I'll get back to your <laughs> friend request soon. At some point. Yeah. So anyway, like, FetLife's kind of awesome because you can find community and learn things that you never knew about kink, and it's kind of nice to have this anonymous place where you can explore that. FetLife kind of sucks because, frankly, it's full of misogynistic predator pigs. Oh, ew. And I mean, like, to the point where I'm on a femme group on Facebook, Uh and several dozen of the femmes all said, I feel so unsafe on FetLife. Let's create our own group not on Fet. Okay. You know, so it just kind of depends on, like, what you're looking for, who your community is. It can be an amazing blessing. It's awesome for finding events. It can also be, like, the worst curse ever, depending on who you are. Yeah. But they recently had this really horrible thing happen. This total dick. Ooh. Who's on FetLife. Okay. Found some kind of security breach in the FetLife code. What the fuck? He went through and mined all of the data and pulled all of the names for all of the single women under 30 and then put them on his website so that people could just be like, here's all the young women under 30 who are on FetLife. Their names, their cities, their ages. Wow. Total. And then what makes it even worse is Fet sent basically like a cease and desist. Yeah. Well, I can't remember exactly what it was that they sent, but they sent over this legal notice. Well, you actually have to file the legal notice in order for it to be like a standing, right? Well, they never actually finished the filing. So Mm. the guy was able to put all the information back up and he's not like breaking any laws. Wow. People are losing their shit. And he's basically said, I'll put other people's info out there. Wow. Remind me to like delete my account. Like so ridiculous. People don't be dicks asshole yeah don't be a jerk and don't like, this be isn't like, like national security bullshit okay dude right. this is like people's private lives right. about their sex well, life and, and like, whatever to specifically target women under, under 30, 30 like let's talk Her about heart. misogynistic yeah. bullshit yeah. there's tons of people speaking out and trying to yeah. get things changed unfortunately fet just doesn't have the money does everybody know this guy's little call handle or whatever the hell it is so they get blocked an- on shit well i think enough people know because i've seen a couple of posts just mm-hmm. around like like so and so is a total like like ass, yeah. you know, or whatever. But yeah, it just like pisses me off because yet again, women are being targeted, no, you know, put in this, an unsafe situation and like, yeah. that is not okay. Gross. I will grab you by the balls and twist them off. Yeah, dude. Like, no. I'll kick you in your nuts if I didn't think you'd like it. Yeah. Nuts. Oh, that's true. He might like it. He might like it. Cock and ball torture. What? Speaking of cock and ball torture, I... I tie them really tight until they're bright red and then I will spank it with a ruler. Some people also like that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, 
whatever your thing is. Yeah. So okay, I'm working speaking. on planning my sex toy store. Okay. Yes, and yes, yes, yes. So I just want to remind everybody. The wife just mentioned something about that last night. Oh, and I yay. said something about um, that I wanted to buy something new. And she was like, well, now you can buy it from Dawn's new yay. sex shop. I know. So I'm in the process of... I've met with all of the top manufacturers that create the best products in the world. Mm -hmm. So I've been talking to Lilo. I've been talking to Fun Factory. I've been talking to Sir Richard's condoms and Glide condoms. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, all these people are on board. And I want this store to be amazingly inclusive. So there's going to be a whole section for seniors based off of like Jones recommendations. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a whole section for kinksters, a whole section for um, people who have varying abilities. There's going to be people who are like genderqueer and trans so that Mm -hmm. they can like have little packers and chest binders and like, you know, boob fillers and all that kind of good stuff. But I just want to let our listeners know I'm probably going to be doing some type of Kickstarter campaign or crowdfunding mm-hmm. just to help me be able to build the store a lot faster. Cool. And I'm going to have all these amazing rewards. So depending on like how much money you give, yeah. I'm going to let people participate in picking which toys I carry. Mm. And I'm going to let people like write the descriptions for toys and like yeah. really get involved. So it'll be just all of us just like <sighs> making this badass store that's the best yeah. ever. So yeah, everybody stay tuned for that. I'm going to be emailing lots of details around that to our list. So if you're not on our email list, go to sexgetsreal.com and mm-hmm. sign up now Yeah, because I just sent some details out yesterday to our listeners. Cool. And by the time this airs, it will have been a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago, but for sure get on there because like that is happening and I want you guys to be on the ground level is yeah. like the best supporters ever. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question for you. Okay. So... There's this person who was a presenter at Catalyst Con. Her name is Dr. Zana. She's super smart, really cool, does tons of research around, like, poly and non-monogamy, and she's gorgeous on top of it all. Okay. But super smart and cool is what you lead with because it's so true. Okay. But anyway, she tweeted out something that was really interesting the other day, and I just kind of want us to talk about it. Okay. All of these people who are like abstinence works or you know here's the sex ed programs that work best for teens all of them tend to measure success on we've gotten teens to stop having sex or to reduce their number of partners and her tweet basically said when are we going to stop measuring the success of sexual health in teens by either no sex or fewer partners there's better measures than that Mm -hmm. and that kind of speaks to the fact that we're teaching teens that sex is something shameful, that there's a slut factor, right. that our researchers are basically, you know, creating all of our sex ed around teaching that sex is bad, mm-hmm. you know, and this really interesting conversation started on Facebook on, I want to say either Charlie Glickman's page or in one of the sex educator networks I'm in, just kind of like talking about, well, as a sex positive person, how would you measure, okay, we're successfully teaching teens how to be sexually healthy and people were like all weighing in. So I just thought we could talk about that. Like to you, what would say, okay, we've done our job. Our teens have been taught everything they need to know and they are sexually healthy because these things are true. Like for you, what's the measurement? Oh God, I don't know. Like Um, less pregnancies, fewer STIs. Oh God. Yeah. I would definitely go with less pregnancies. Yeah. I would definitely go with less pregnancies. Like, are they still just teaching that in in the schools anymore? Mm -hmm. I know I'm just like, I'm asking, like, do you know they are? Well, abstinence abstinence only is in like 30 states or something like that. Mm, Wow. Um, And in the states where it's not abstinence only, comprehensive sex education tends to be pretty bad. 
Um, still not talking about pleasure, yeah. masturbation as an alternative, like queer options, that kind of I stuff. I can understand why they wouldn't talk about pleasure. Um, I mean, do can you can you follow me with that? I, I mean, can see why you don't want to teach mm-hmm. to teenagers about the whole pleasure thing because I feel like there is a fine line between teaching them. I don't I don't know how to put it into words where you shouldn't be talking about. I mean, I think it's not going to come out right. You can talk about <laughs> sex and being pleasurable for your teen, to your teen or your children or whatever. Um, but you don't want to put it in the light that it's pleasurable because you don't want to, how do I say, it's not going to come out right anyway. I know. Say, I know, you know where you're I'm going. Saying? And I used to feel that way too. And because then a, and I And my saw... whole thing is because, A, they're minors. You know sure. what I mean? So, I mean, there's that whole, there's that barrier between the fact that's like, what can you talk to minors about that aren't your own children mm-hmm. about pleasurable sex? Yeah. You know, because then it becomes this, like this, are you, are you passing or crossing some sort of barrier with these other children that aren't yours when it comes to Oh, you mean about, like as a sex educator? Yeah. Oh. Or, you know what I mean? Just like, yeah, when I wouldn't you're talking be worried about, about that. You wouldn't be. No, because to me, the whole conversation goes like, Okay, so people have sex for lots of different reasons. Yeah. The important thing is to remember that the reason that you choose to have sex is because you truly want to be having it, and here's all the things you need to keep in mind, because we're not trying to do fear-based sex education or any of those Mm -hmm. kinds of things, because then people make bad decisions. So some people have sex because it feels good. Some Mm -hmm. people have sex because they want to connect with the person that they're with. Right. Um, Some people masturbate because it feels good, you know, and like all these kinds of things. But here's all the things you also need to know about. Here's how diseases get transferred. Mm -hmm. Here's how pregnancy happens. Here's ways you can prevent those things. Right. You know, and it still feels good when you do those things. Because I think a lot of times when you tell kids, like, okay, um, you can get you can get pregnant and you can get STIs if you have sex this way, and then you don't present them with pleasurable alternatives. Right. It, well, if it doesn't feel good, I'm not going to fucking do it. Right. And we're basically so often the message is if you use condoms, it doesn't feel as good. Well, fuck right. that shit too. Um, you can have super amazing feeling sex with condoms. Right. So we need to be like talking about those things, you know, right. but like as an educator, I think there's just a way to present it so that you're not crossing any lines. Okay. Right. You know? Right. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think it is, it's a tough subject. There's a lot of it different feelings subject. around it, mm-hmm. but I think that like what's frustrating is saying, Hey, teens are having fewer, having less sex. Well, one, I think teens are probably lying more about the sex that they're having because we know all kinds of teens are having all kinds of sex. And two, the way you phrase the question, they're probably going to say they're not having sex, especially if it's in a community where sex is discouraged and abstinence is teach. But fucking A, they're not going to be considering hand job sex. They're not going to be considering blowjob sex. They're not going to be considering anal sex. Mm -hmm. You know, they're thinking penis and vagina. Mm -hmm. And of course, no, we're not having that kind of sex. We're having all the other kinds of sex and in unsafe ways because you've been teaching us abstinence only and we don't know any better. I wonder how much of the answers would change if it was anonymous. I think the numbers go up when it's anonymous, but mm-hmm. they still self-select what they're sharing because yeah. either they're worried about being discovered or because they just don't know better. Yeah. You know, because the questions aren't asked in a really mm-hmm. good way. Right. You know, so instead, what if we measured reduced unintended pregnancies? Hey, did they talk about any of that stuff in high school? Uh, I think very, jobs, very, very, anal, very, no, 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 no. Homosexual? No. Uh-uh. In Canada, they do, wow. but not here in the States, unless you go to an outside program outside of the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fewer unintended pregnancies, um, fewer STI transmissions, mm-hmm. 
I'm trying to think, like, what else? Like, um, for me, those are kind of the two big ones. Right. Um, fewer... Like, kind of measure, you mean? Yeah, yeah, and, like, another measure would be fewer situations of coercion mm-hmm. or consent violations, things like that. You know, so what I want teens to be doing, because teens are going to have sex. I don't they are, fucking they care are. what you yeah. say about anything. Teens are going to mm-hmm. experiment. They're going to have sex. I talk about it with my neighbor all the time. Yeah. She has like four boys or something, five boys. And I'm like, oh, um, yeah. I'm sorry he's in high school. And I, I don't oh. think he can tell you that he's not or whatever, but yeah, you need but to have that talk with him. Exactly. Yeah. So like, I want to make sure that when teens are engaging in sexual activity, one, they realize they have options. It doesn't just have to be penis mm-hmm. and vagina. Right. There's all these other things you can do that feel really good. Here's all of the ways that you can avoid unintended pregnancies and avoid getting sexually trans transmitted infections or sharing sexually transmitted infections. And here's all the talks about consent and body positivity and gender expression and just like completely removing the shame around it. Mm Because I can guarantee you, if you raise kids to exist in a world where they're not ashamed in their body, they know how to use their voice because they're encouraged to talk and to ask for the things that they want, suddenly everybody starts having these much healthier relationships, these much more mature relationships at a much younger age. Mm -hmm. And then we see all these other things drop, like unintended pregnancies and Mm -hmm. STIs, which ultimately saves all of us taxpayers lots of money. But no, people don't want to talk about that because then we're talking to kids about sex. Well, guess Mm -hmm. what? Your kids are looking at porn and they're talking about sex and they're Mm -hmm. getting the wrong information. So fuck you, your system's broken. I was at... At um, an event this past weekend at McLean High School, and uh-huh. they were having this thing called the Laramie Festival. Oh, uh-huh. uh huh. Laramie Project Festival, right? Mm-hmm. So they invited a bunch of LGBT uh, groups out to put up booths or whatever. And talking to some of those teenagers there, it was really amazing. Yeah. How positive they were and how open they were to be willing to discuss. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the whole thing was taking place because there was a recent suicide of oh. some unacceptance in the girl's family. Yeah. And but at the different booths, there was all kinds of stuff. There were bowls of condoms. Oh, like good. the school like didn't have an issue with that at mm-hmm. all. So they were totally open to it and the GSA was totally progressive and they mm-hmm. were, you know, uh very supportive and they had a uh, boy dressed up in drag there. Oh, neat. There was boys in high heels and colored hair. Mm-hmm. There was a girl talking about her, um, or I should say, trans boy, um, talking about you know transitioning and how the school's teachers are accepting to the issues that they're dealing with okay. or not accepting. You know, mm-hmm. she, they were and the kids were like so enthusiastic and they Good. were like. Most of the teachers here are totally on board with everything that's going on, and some Mm -hmm. are still stuck in their old ways, but at least they are recognizing. And these are like high school kids. So I'm not sure if that is like an individual school allows those Mm -hmm. kind of things to take place because I don't know, like how many schools or nurses' office or whatever would have a bowl of condoms there, you know what I mean, and allow that to be I think near large urban areas you're mm-hmm. going to find that more yeah. in affluent neighborhoods near large urban areas you're mm-hmm. going to find that i yeah. think in rural communities i'm sure um and communities with less access you're just not going to find that yeah. either because there isn't the money in the communities to provide mm-hmm. it or because the belief systems don't yeah. encourage that kind of thing mm-hmm. and the other thing for me is like i am all for us just having free condoms everywhere that yeah. we have like teenagers and young people but the whole thing is you can't just give a teenager a condom and expect them to know how to use it exactly because condoms have a high failure rate when you don't use lube and when you put it on too tight or right. when you have the wrong size right and i can i agree really guarantee we're not having those conversations right. either you know yeah we might be talking about condoms which mm-hmm. is a step in the right direction but 
are we teaching them about different sizes? Are we teaching mm-hmm. them about how much room they need, right. need at the end? Are we teaching them that if you start to put a condom on and it touches your dick and then you realize it's inside out and so you flip it out, you are now having unsafe sex because your body fluids are now on the part that's going inside your partner. We're not teaching oh. those things. We're not teaching the importance of using lube so that you prevent breakages. You know, so it's like... Mm. All these conversations aren't happening that make the condoms actually valuable. Yeah. You know, but I love hearing that there's just acceptance around genderqueer and Mm -hmm. like trans issues. And like, I feel like we're shifting in the right direction in certain communities. Mm -hmm. There just needs to be so much more. Yeah, there does need to be. And, you know, and I got to tell you, as open as I am and have always talked about it with my son, um, we still technically had a teen pregnancy issue. Mm -hmm. Because the girlfriend was a teen. Yep. And even though I said everything to my son and discussed everything like back when he was in sixth grade. Yeah. You know, when he was doing self-discovery at, you know, mm-hmm. third and fourth grade. I'm going to close the door, give you some privacy. Yeah. Everything was cool. Um, this is how you put on a condom. Mm-hmm. Always use condoms. Blah, blah, blah. There yep. was some misinformation mm-hmm. that the girl thought mm-hmm. that, no, you can't get pregnant if you have this or yep. that. Yep. And mistakes were made. Yep. And boom, now exactly. we have a baby. So yeah. And now we have a baby. And boom, now we have a baby. <laughs> so even one person having right. all the knowledge that you would think, yeah. and then the misinformation of one person saying, no, yeah. it's fine. We can totally do it without a condom. Mm-hmm. I'm not on birth control, but I have this. Yeah. No. it's a, The chances well, of getting think... pregnant are slim. No. You're incorrect. Right. Well, and I think the other problem is... Oftentimes in sex ed, we teach the boys about all their stuff and we teach the girls about all their stuff, Mm -hmm. but then we don't kind of cross-pollinate. Right. The guys need to be understanding what's endometriosis, how do menstrual cycles work, Mm -hmm. you know, how are all these different things. And then the girls need to understand, like, what's the vas difference? How do the testicles work? You know, how the all, I mean, Mm -hmm. we really need to have that, like. pre-com stuff? Exactly. And, like, what's carried in Mm -hmm. it, if anything. And, I mean, like, we really need to have that comprehensive talk on both sides because you're so right you can have one kid who has all the information about his body and about sex in general then you have the other partner come along and they have a different body and they're like oh well that's not true in my case well now yeah you have no idea right and you're right and my you know Uh i would say the failure on my part was don't believe anything the girl ever tells you (laughs) still wear a condom you know or whatever yeah and yeah and because i only talked about him and yeah. his body and his parts and how to protect mm. himself. Yeah. I never said, don't believe a girl if she says this uh-huh. or even if she's not wearing a pill or even if she's on the pill, you should still wear condoms. Oh, yeah. All that stuff, you know. Right. And yes, you can get pregnant, whatever, and it's okay to have sex on your period, uh-huh. but no matter what, always wear always a condom. Right. No matter what. Yeah. Internal, you know? the receiving yeah. condom or the external that you wear on yourself, right. whatever it is. And like, that's the other thing. Alex and I have talked a lot. There's a couple of people out there doing amazing work on how to support parents mm-hmm. to teach these things yeah. to their kids. Cause parents yeah, don't know. The uh, thing, right? Yeah. Um, at the Sex positive con. parenting. Yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, like, If you get shoddy sex education, even as an adult, you start learning all these things. Mm -hmm. Half the time, you don't know what you're supposed to teach your kids. Yeah. You know, so there are people out there who have created programs that help teach parents how to teach their kids over the years. But Alex and I have talked, too, about creating our own at Mm -hmm. some point, you know, where we teach comprehensive sex ed to parents of teens and then the parents can go home and start having those conversations right. with their preteens and their teens in a way that makes sure everything the school isn't teaching you gets home mm-hmm. you know so 
Anyway, I just thought that tweet by Dr. Zana was interesting. I retweeted it if anybody wants to go read the article that she was referencing. But yeah, just we need to change our success criteria when it comes to sex, which is let's stop shaming teens who are having sex. Yeah. Let's stop focusing on no sex because they're lying. They're lying. And let's make sure yeah. the sex that they are having is safe and consensual and pleasurable. I think a good example of somebody who's taught abstinence and this is what happens is Sarah Palin's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> There's so that, many examples of that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a new recent one that just came out with one of the Republican Is guys. There? Yeah. He's a huge anti-choice, anti-sex ed uh-huh. yeah. kind of guy, and okay. his daughter's pregnant. There you go. So, See? lust so, her heart, poor thing. You guys, it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Anyway, this was a ranty McRanty pants. That was. Quit it, but important. Damn it. Yeah. Okay. So we want to hear your stories and questions. Of course, let us know what you have concerns about or any stories about sex ed that you have. You can reach us at 747-444-1840 or, of course, sexgetsreal.com. You can sign up for our newsletter there if you want to get updates on my store and how you can help support me to be the most awesome store that there ever was when it comes to sex. Um And you can also anonymously email us and ask questions and stuff. So thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with our interview with Cooper Beckett of My Life on the Swing Set, talking about swinging and poly and prostate orgasms that last Mm. an hour, all kinds of stuff. Damn. Damn, right, Cooper? I'd be exhausted. I know. Damn. Damn, I wouldn't, like, be able to move for a week if I had an hour long uh, orgasm. No shit. My pussy would just be, like, done. Done. There's no entry sign. I hang on my little pubes. On your fucking (laughs) pubes. Anyway, this is Don. And this is Dylan. This is Sex Gets Real.